0: podcast land. Oh my gosh. Welcome to a very special Labor Day edition of Voice of the Parrot. Holy cow. I have a special show for you this week. I am so stoked about this. If you tuned in last week, I gave you a little bit of a hint. I said we were going to discuss a bird that is a wonderful alternate choice in case a parrot isn't right for you. And it is not a finch and it is not a canary. So, what is this? It's a little bit larger bird that you can play with, you can hold, you can cuddle with. They make great companions. It is a pigeon. Most people don't know how amazing pigeons are. They have weird reputations and people don't take them seriously and they don't know that they are actually domesticated. They are not a wild bird, even if you see them outdoors. Flying Freely. Those are feral. We're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode because I want to get to this, holy cow, awesome guest spot. Really quick, though, before we get started, I want to invite everybody to stick around after the show. I have some shout-outs, I have some announcements, and one that I just can't stay contained about is I am finally up in Apple Podcasts as of today. Yay! Holy cow, I am so happy. This is awesome. It was really hard getting listed this time. I ended up having to email Apple's tech support and there was kind of a weird hang up with my artwork. So it's all running. I'm published up there. So any of you out there on iPhone or iPad technology, the Apple technology, I am now in Apple podcasts, which means there is a handful of apps that piggyback off of Apple So Voice of the Parrot is now listed in all major podcast apps. You should be able to find me everywhere. And of course, I post episodes every week on the YouTube channel also. Okay, so stick around after the show for some of those really exciting announcements and shout outs I've got for everyone. But for now, let's get down to business. My guest this week is awesome. And I want to do a really quick disclaimer because we used Zoom and you never know what technology is going to do. And I was having a little bit of some really funky feedback on my end when I would talk. I think I've got all of the obnoxious feedback that I was getting edited out. There's a couple spots where I didn't want to yank it because you could still hear what my guests were talking about, and I didn't want to abbreviate it because it gets choppy. So I left some stuff in, so forgive some of the technology. It does happen when you use Zoom I am looking into another platform that's supposed to be a little bit better and a little bit more user-friendly. So I will try to get an upgrade going on that by the end of the year, but I'm still kind of on the ramp up. And uh, so right now I've got Zoom and that's all paid up. So I'm using that. And other than that, this was a ton of fun. So if you go back to the meet and greet episode where it was about moose moose, I mentioned Moose Moose got sent to me in the US Postal Service mail through their live delivery service. And I also mentioned that I had ordered a pigeon before. So, this episode started by that pigeon in question. I ended up having some respiratory problems, and I had a really good filtration system, and I was keeping her really clean. But they are a dust bird, and for some reason, I was having a reaction to her. Sweetest bird ever but I was really panicked because pigeons are very hard to rehome. Nobody really knows how awesome they are. So I posted in a few groups and I kind of had an idea in my head how I was going to screen people so I didn't end up adopting her to somebody irresponsible or that would have used her for dog bait, for dog training, or anything like that. That's a, a real worry. And holy cow, This wonderful, wonderful gal responds immediately because they were looking for a pigeon. They had just lost one, and they needed a replacement friend for one in their flock. So we hooked up, and I did the pigeon exchange with them, and this bird could not have had a better adoption to a better family. I am so thrilled, and they get to be my first guest. So who is this? His name is Talon, and his mom, Kendra, joined the fun, and so did Lucy the pigeon. She hung out with them the whole time. She was so cute. She was all chill and uh, just sat in on it, and she was very interested in not leaving Talon's side. She seems really bonded to that young man and the family. So anyway, like I had mentioned, sometimes parrots are just not a good fit for some reason or another, or like if you've got really little kids that you want to be able to be a little bit more hands-on with a bird that's a little bit sturdier, that's not going to bite, pigeons are a great option. They are domesticated. They make great companions. They're highly intelligent, and holy cow, you can keep them in an apartment. Another thing I'm going to put in the show notes is a cage. I'm in a couple of pigeon groups online, And one thing I keep seeing over and over and over, someone will get a pigeon or a dove and they don't know what to use for a cage because they're not really like a parrot. And all the bird cages out there are for parrot species. What I have found works is a single story critter nation cage works amazing for these animals and it has a shelf in it. So you get a little bit more real estate for the money. Plus the single story tends to be Very, very, very spacious. It has amazing size to it, but it's going to be a lot cheaper than some of those bigger flight cages that just don't work well for pigeons anyway. So, check that out, and I will put that in the blog in case anyone is inspired by this and you're really stumped up about where to put the pigeon. I got you covered on that too. So, be sure and check out the blog, be sure and check out the show notes. And let's quit yakking and get right down to the important part of the show. Oh my gosh, this was such a great time, and I am so thankful that Talon and Kendra and Lucy were so enthusiastic about being here. Not only were they my first pick for my first guests, but they are my first guests to talk about non-parrots. So I thought that was kind of fun. They are a family that's out there doing it right. Oh my gosh. And I was so impressed with this presentation. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. This kid's 14 years old. On my other podcast, I had professional guests on that were not even a fraction as prepared as this young man is. This guy was so cool. All right, let's get down to it. Don't forget to stick around after the show for some really awesome stuff And live, pre-recorded from Zoom, this was my hangout time, my chill time, and my pigeon time with Talon, Kendra, and Lucy the Pigeon. All right, we have our first exciting guest of the podcast. We are here with my friend Talon and his mom, Kendra. And they are very special. I have mentioned that I ordered a pigeon once. I had some allergies going on with that pigeon. And they swooped in and saved the day and they rescued the pigeon from me. And they keep pigeons as pets. So we wanted to give a voice to pigeons. So this episode is going to be the start of a Voice of the Pigeon series. (laughs) Welcome, Talon and Kendra. Hi.
1: Hello.
0: How are you guys today? Are you having fun with your
1: pigeons? Yes, currently I have one of my pigeons named Lucy sitting on my shoulder honking at me. Talon,
0: how old are you? I am 14 years old. And how long have you been keeping pigeons?
1: I've been keeping them for about two years.
0: Right on. So how did you guys, you kind of do this as a little bit of a family effort. They kind of hang out in your house and you have a system going on. So how did this come to be in your lives that you've got
1: birds and pigeons? Well... Start off. One day, I was accidentally talking with my father close to my birthday about two years ago, and I spent about 30 minutes rambling about pigeons, forgetting it was close to my birthday. So about a couple days pass, and my birthday hits. I end up getting some water bowls, seed, and eventually I learned we had a pigeon. A pigeon was bought and was coming in in about a month. So we got in this first pigeon, and we got another one to keep them company. And my grandmother got a pigeon because. She's raised pigeons and other birds in the past. So, my grandfather got one and gave him the most uncreative name ever. And we ended up getting another pigeon because one of the pigeons was not the gender they were supposed to be, and we couldn't exactly return it because it was the height of bird. Food. So, we had this pigeon for a while. The first pigeon we originally got, he had a heart defect which caused him to die. Oh. It was within warranty, so they ended up sending us another pigeon. The fifth pigeon we got, we had to get a friend, so that's when we got the pigeon from you, Starflight. Okay. Uh, Ruby, eventually, we figured out she had another d- genetic condition that caused her eggs to be abnormally large, and it eventually killed her. So we ended up deciding to adopt the rest of the pigeons in the entire state.
0: Um. So you guys went to the Gabriel Foundation and got your pigeons, right? Yes. How were they to work with? Did you have a good experience with them? Because I want to contact them and see if they'll be on the show sometime.
1: They had a lot of resources that were very pigeon-specific because it can be a little difficult to take care of them and they have specific needs. The pigeons had all been there from three to five years each and they just handed us them. They had a special grant going around in order to help the pigeons leave the area because they'd been in the system for the longest period of time. The special grant allowed us to fully adopt all three of them with zero charge. They even gave us a carry bag and are offering to donate their fly cages to us for a ridiculously low price because nothing else needs them besides the pigeons.
2: They also provided a lot of support afterwards. They checked on us and made sure that everything was going well. They helped us get bigger cages so we could have some good outdoor aviaries and good indoor aviaries as well. And they also, like you said, they helped us with the grant where he was able to adopt them for nothing. And they've been absolutely wonderful to work with. And they also posted pictures of the adoption day, which was kind of cool to see on the website.
0: I saw that. That was amazing. They look like they've got a really clean facility, too. I was really impressed with that. So, Mom, you, you've you got some other parrot species experience, and you've been a bird lover all your life to the point you named your child Talon. <laughs> I think yes. that is awesome. So what's your experience in love with birds?
2: So we've had birds since I was a child. The first one that I had was a uh, cockatiel whose name was Kiwi, and we had conures, cockatiels. We have chickens, quite a few chickens. We actually have a couple of house chickens that wander around through our home, and they are a lot smarter than than people give them credit for. They will ask to be let in and out. They are really, really sweet and friendly. But we've had birds in my home my whole life. And my husband and I right now have a pair of lovebirds named Babs and Buster. And we've had birds pretty much the whole my whole life.
0: That's awesome. It is always good to know, like, you've got experience and you've got some parrot experience. I kind of started this podcast with more of the parrot species in mind, because that's what people tend to gravitate towards with pets. But parrots aren't really cut out for everybody. And sometimes people can actually be scared of parrots because of those big, strong beaks that can really bite. So let's talk about why would anyone want a pigeon for a pet and what's so awesome about them?
1: Well, to start off with, we can go in depth about their care. A normal pigeon, either you need to be home for about eight hours a day, which is possible if you have a work-from-home job, or you need to buy it a mirror or a plushie to keep it company because they are social animals. You can also buy it another pigeon of the opposite gender to have them just live with each other.
2: Pigeons are really easy
1: animals to care for because you can feed them standard bird seed, which you can buy by 50-pound bags, and you can also feed them dried peas, which they prefer to use as their food source. Pigeons also live for, on average, 9 to 15 years, which is about the average life cycle of a cat or a dog. A smarter than a cat or a dog, And they can fly, learn commands, and some pigeons can be tossed up in the air and they'll spin in circles, which is really funny to watch. Pigeons are overall sweet animals with a lot of compassion, heart, and they're easy to take care of. All of them have their own unique personalities and attributes. For example, some pigeons don't like being touched like Lucy does. Lucy is just like resting in my hands, getting scratched.
0: Yeah, we're on a Zoom right now, so I can actually see them, and Lucy's been just hanging out with you and chilling. She was on your shoulder a little bit ago. What else? I mean, I know that because I have the pigeon that I gave to you guys, one really awesome thing is they can't really hurt you. They can kind of intimidate you, but they usually do that by hitting you with their wings or something like that, but they don't really bite. They can't injure a person
2: And they're not going to scream and break
0: out your eardrums.
2: So the pigeons are really nice because they make really, really pretty sounds. It's not like a parrot that can scream and, you know, alert the neighbors, but they make really nice noises. They are actually surprisingly clean. That was one of my biggest concerns with him having birds was sometimes they're not clean. They're really sweet. They can't bite. We've had so many people that are terrified of birds in our home. And by the time they leave, they really love the pigeons because they can't hurt you, and they are really neat animals. Yeah, Basically. it's kind of
0: it's more comical because they they look like they're kind of throwing a fit, flapping their wings more than anything. They don't really do much. Let's well, talk do. about most people don't understand that they are a domesticated animal, and they're one of our first domesticated animals. Where every parrot species is technically a wild animal that we have in captivity. Domesticated animals are bred by humans to exist with us, and even service at times, just depending on their history. But you know a little bit about that history.
1: Yes. Let's talk about that. Yes. Pigeons were originally domesticated near the stony cliffs of northern Saudi Arabia. They're a type of stone-cliff-dwelling bird. They were scavengers that were able to grow exceptionally large, were comically intelligent, and were friendly to humans. So, they were easily domesticated and served the same function as modern-day chickens, but they can fly. They were typically bred for meat and show, and the more special and opulent ones were actually kept by royals as personal pets. Pigeons, later, when people figured out their tracking and navigational skills, were actually used during war. For example, there was a male pigeon named Ami during World War II who carried out an important message during the heat of a fight that ended up giving the allies a victory. This specific message actually saved over 100 people's lives, and the pigeon was able to sustain a gun injury to the leg and a gun injury to the wing, while still being able to fly and carry the message. Wow! Pigeons are incredibly resilient. Due to the harsh desert night and the blazing desert sun, they're able to go basically anywhere. They can survive cold, heat, wet, dry, almost anything. They're incredibly durable and resilient little pets. That
0: is amazing. How long ago did they domesticate them?
1: Around 10,000 years ago.
0: Wow. And you, right before we started recording, you had mentioned the caves in Israel? So
2: um, back in Israel, um, closer to biblical times between about the year zero and 100 BC, somewhere right in there, They uh, had these huge caves in Israel and in Jerusalem to be specific that they would carve niches out of the wall and the pigeons were raised inside of these caves. Um, They were raised for food to be able to relay messages. They also used their fecal matter as fertilizer. And so they were kind of served many purposes, but they would have hundreds and hundreds of them in these caves that would help feed their village and be their families. Wow.
0: Now, when I had Starflight, I didn't have her very long and I was having some allergic reaction to her, which I was so thrilled to find you online as quickly as I did. But I worked with her every day. And I know that Talon said that you guys just kind of let them do what they want. Since I'm the only person in my household and I was there all day, I started working with her and she got so she would see me coming to let her out at the beginning of the day, and she knew that I wanted her to poop. So she would poop, and then I would let her out. And then she would only perch in areas that she knew that I liked her to poop there. So I got to second that motion on how clean they are. But she was really learning very quickly. Like, I could praise her or let her know that I wasn't going to hurt her, but I was going to pet her. And I was astounded at how quickly they learn and how smart they are. Do you guys have any stories or anything about things that have surprised you about having pigeons as pets that you didn't expect when you first got into this?
1: Well, I knew pigeons, the typical cooing noise shown in movies, is not accurate. It's actually a warble, and they tend to spin in circles when they do it. They do that instead of the coo you typically hear. Lucy right. here. something odd about her is she doesn't do that at all. Instead, she honks to get people's attention. <laughs> she makes like a tiny shrill little honk sound that's relatively quiet but still noticeable
2: the pigeons are portrayed as a lot of people call them rats of the sky or flying rats mm-hmm. and they're not messy they're not dirty yet yeah, you'll see a lot of droppings where they nest but that's just kind of a good place for them to nest especially out in the wild or out in you know loose so i was really surprised that they're actually really clean and they really do have individual personalities. Lucy here is extremely sweet. Red is kind of combative, and he's the big alpha male. And No, he's not. Um, he's a teddy
1: bear. He thinks he's Ed's the fashion. big alpha male.
2: But they, they really do have different personalities, and I was really surprised at how personable they are because you don't think of them as something that really has a personality. Right.
0: Right. And they are one of the birds that actually self-recognize in a mirror. They know that that's a reflection of themselves where, like my budgies, I can't put mirrors out for them because they fall in love. They think it's another bird and then they try to get friendly with it and stuff. But pigeons, you can actually put a mirror in front of them and they know that it's themselves. And I think that is really crazy intelligent. Like a lot of animals don't make that realization.
1: We have a china cabinet, and Red, the pigeon that my mother was talking about earlier, what he likes to do is walk up to it, you know, spin around in circles and actually take a good look at himself before wandering off to do whatever else. <laughs> He's smart enough to recognize that it's him, and that he is a pretty pigeon.
0: <laughs> and you guys have like a A weekly routine where you give them baths and groom them and do all sorts of stuff. Kendra, you posted a picture where they are all rolled up in towels after a bath. Um, How did you get on the, the routine with them and what do you guys do to keep them clean and how do you interact with them in that way?
1: Well, in order to get a pigeon clean, we fill up our bath with about an inch of water. We will pour some pet shampoo and they will just clean themselves. They can't escape the bathtub, so what they'll do is they'll take the opportunity to instead clean themselves. And once you are done, you will take them, swaddle them in a towel, let them sit in the towel and dry off, and then you can let them go and have them dry off in a warm place like a bedroom or next to a heater. They seem to like your routine.
2: For the most part, they do, and he's gotten them really used to it because he does bathe them every week. He makes sure that their toenails are kept clean that they're trimmed, and he's he's really gotten them in the habit just by doing it repetitively. Every week, he makes sure that they get a bath, and the other thing that he uses or that we found really works for getting them clean is either pet-safe shampoo or um, rose water seems to work really well, too, and it leaves them mm-hmm. smelling pretty really good.
0: Yeah, I put some rose water on my yeah. cockatiel today. It made him smell wonderful. <laughs> it misted him down really good.
1: Pigeons actually don't smell at all, really. They're incredibly clean, and the most they smell like a little bit of old water.
0: When I got Starflight, she had come from the chicken farm that I ordered her from that had pigeons. I think you guys had ordered some of your pigeons from Stromberg's also. So she had come from there. And when I got her, she was almost gray. She was so dusty. And so it took a couple weeks of just getting her used to being misted. And then she got where she was would flop around in the water and clean herself and stuff. It took a little bit because I don't think she'd ever experienced that on the farm, wherever they raise them or in the pigeon environment. And I was blown away by how quickly she really started enjoying that too. So yeah, they are very clean. They like to be clean. That was another thing I thought was really interesting about them.
1: Oh, yes.
2: They also like to startle us occasionally. So another thing they enjoy is uh, sunbathing. And we will go outside, the sun will be shining, and you'll look at them laying on their side with their wings flopped out, looking like they have um, their head on the ground, looking (laughs) like they have crossed crossed that particular (laughs) rainbow bridge. But when you walk up to them and they stand up and look at you like, hey, what's going on? And they just just really love sunbathing. Oh, that's so
1: cute. People think that because of the black ones that they'll get overheated. I've actually noticed the black ones tend to spread their wings out, lay on the floor, and just enjoy the sun. Huh. Incredibly durable.
0: You mentioned to me your dream pigeon that you were hoping to get another breed one day.
1: Uh, A Ukrainian skycutter. Yeah. They're very pretty speckled pigeons.
0: What's another interesting breed of pigeon that you think would be fun to have as a pet?
1: Powder pigeons.
0: Those are those weird ones that look like
1: they're all stretched out. Where they've got like the pencil thin legs, pencil thin torso, and really big crop. They look like they've been blown up. Yeah. And they get,
0: are. and some of those can get almost as big as a, almost like a soccer ball. Like they can really poof up. Oh yeah. They're funny looking birds. We also talked the other day about, you might be going into, you have an interest in veterinary care than birds maybe when you get older. There's a lot of stuff you told me that I didn't even know existed about veterinary school.
1: Birds and exotics are actually two different types of vet school. There are four different types. Exotic animals deal with reptiles, snakes, and the like, uh, the weird pets. Avian vets deal with birds, parakeets, and pigeons, and other birds. Large animal vet deals with horses, cows, and other typically farm animals. Small, small vet typically deals with uh, cats, guinea pigs, and other small animals like dogs.
0: And so you're thinking about maybe <laughs> an avian vet school, possibly?
1: Avian vet school is also the East Dot by a decent margin.
0: And you were telling me how much it can cost these days, but maybe an alternate that others might want to look into if they're overwhelmed by the cost of any kind of veterinary school. I think you said it was upwards towards a half a million dollars to go through a program. It can be,
1: yes. Yeah.
2: And the program for the avian vet is actually a little more extensive because you not only have to have your veterinary license for your regular veterinary, so small animals, but then the avian is an extension of that. So college can be upwards of 10 years for that. Um, it can get kind of expensive, but there's a lot of grants, especially for the avian exotic side of things, because there's not a lot of people that do it.
1: There's more um, than a hundred mile radius.
2: Yeah, for us up here in Evergreen, there's only one avian exotic vet that can care specifically for birds.
1: And right. That. We are no more than 30 minutes away from Denver, and there's only one in that entire city.
0: I had to take one of my little budgies in January, and being down here a little bit more south in the state, there is nothing down here. And I printed up a paper long list of vets that care for birds. And oddly enough, almost none of them care for birds. <laughs> so I had to end up taking him up to Denver. And boy, what a track. You know, we need more of this. But you said there's grants. And then uh, what was the thing you were telling me the other day that's kind of an alternate that was the research end of it or people will actually
1: pay you to go to school to learn it? Uh, that would be like toxicology. That was it. it relates a lot less to animals, but you still end up working with them. You'll milk snakes, spiders, create anti-venoms, uh, that type of thing. It right. works with toxins.
0: That's awesome. Well, so... I certainly hope that you will consider something like that. And I certainly hope that, like, if you pursue something like this that you can get those grants and make a big difference because we need people like you with an interest and we need a younger generation to tell others hey these are really great for stress relief these are great for making your life better and helping people find a way just to care for their animals better and understand them better but really you can't do that without really good care and like you said the other areas of research so it all fits together I think.
2: It really does. And I think that birds have gotten a really bad rap in general, Um, pigeons especially, because of the way they're portrayed in in news and media and movies. And they're really, actually really cool animals. And Talon, before he was allowed, before we got him the pigeons for his birthday, um, he actually did so much research on them and came to us and told us he was interested in them. And there was a concern as a parent that, you know, kids get pets and then they get bored with them. And then the pets are not cared for. And so there was a lot that went into it before we just got him the pigeons for his birthday. He actually did research. He made sure that he knew what they needed for care, for food, for veterinary care. And he brought it all to me and my husband. And that was what kind of told us that he was really ready. And so he's been amazing with them. He's They're so attached to him. And he's so attached to them. And it's great mm-hmm. to see him make that bond. And there's actually pigeon associations in Colorado, such as the Colorado Pigeon Association, where people get together and they can hang out with their pigeons. And a lot of them do races. So there's racing pigeons, homing pigeons, rollers, tumblers. There's so many different varieties. And to see this small kind of niche community that likes to come together and just enjoy their love for something like this together. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then it looks to me like, as a family, you guys are all pretty supportive of each other. You're involved in your kid's life. I'm, You and I are friends on Facebook, so I see that you're always posting about their sports and stuff. Do you have any advice for parents out there that might be like on the fence, like, oh, I shouldn't get my kids something, but like, how to guide them and how to be there for them in the process of getting a pet and understanding them and interacting with them and making it a family project rather than here. It's just for you to learn responsibility.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So pets are, pets should not be used as something that is a, something to teach responsibility only. It should be something that you research together as a family. So when we got the pigeons, we had done our research as well. We knew what to expect. We knew what to do. We understood that this is a lifelong commitment and it is, but we also knew that he would need our support. So if he needs food, he has to ask us. So we get it for him. If he needs any of their care a veterinary care, We make sure that that's something we help him provide and even just guiding him on their daily basic care. So when we first got him changing waters every day, giving him fresh food every day, making sure their cages were cleaned at least once a week. It was something that we worked together on until he got in the habit of it and now he can do it completely on his own. So for anyone who's considering getting their kid, uh, their child, a pet of any kind, do your research and understand that you will have to support them. It's not something you can just shove on them and expect them to know what to do. Um, Absolutely.
0: That. I I mentioned early in my podcast, that's kind of what my parents did when I was eight with a budgie is it, it was more of a distraction or something to keep me busy. And they didn't really get involved. And I really wish they would have. I think it would have helped us as a family. How has it helped you guys bond as just family members and friendships amongst family members?
2: There's nothing better to me than seeing, A, how happy they make him, and he gets so excited to show us things with them. So they'll, they'll do something silly, and he takes pictures and sends them to us, or they'll just want to tell us something, and it's really neat as a parent to be able to share that love of animals with him.
0: It gives you some common ground so you have something to talk about and associate with each other.
2: Exactly. And especially once you've got a a teenager, it's a little harder to make that connection and continue to have that connection. But I I feel like because we have the pigeons and all the other animals, we really do work together as a family and we enjoy the silly things that they do and the the things that he shows us. And even the things that he learns is, is so interesting. He brings us facts all the time, like the caves or the fact that pigeons were used in World War II. These are things that I didn't know and so he brings us these all the time and it's it's really neat to see him grow and learn as well
1: absolutely is sitting in one hand partially cradled by my shirt with my with her beak resting on my finger as i pet her with my thumb while she's on the verge of falling asleep she knows that i am her owner and she is comfortable around me
0: that is amazing one last question for you guys cuz i do this with my birds on a minute to minute basis i use mine to help me with stress relief and just you know, the day to day ins and outs of life that can get you down. And they really help me with because I live alone, and I shoulder everything in my life. So like, they help me stay happy, they give me purpose, they help me stay upbeat. And they communicate too. like you said, they, they're friendly, they let you know when they want in and out, like with the chickens and stuff like that, people don't give them credit. How do they affect you guys with your moods and just your general well being and frame of mind?
1: Well, generally, pigeons are really nice and calm animals. They are capable of giving affection, asking for attention. For example, one of the pigeons, uh, her name is Alice. What she will do is, if she wants attention or just even be looked at, she will stick her wings and flap loudly while spinning in circles as a method of not trying to fly, but gain attention.
2: And I think for Talon, um, Talon is a person with autism. And I think for him, the pigeons help him be a little more social because when we have people here, he wants to show them, to interact with them and for them to see something that makes his life happy. And he's he always got a pigeon somewhere, whether he's taking them up to the gas station and our you know, our gas station people that work there, they love getting to see them and they always ask about them. And I think for him, it's been really great socially and it. You can always tell he's really happy. He's only happy if he has a pigeon on him.
0: You know what? I feel the same way about like my budgies and my little baby cockatiel. There is nothing more exhilarating than this crazy little animal of feathers all over it that you would think wouldn't want to associate with people suddenly giving you attention and wanting your attention it just does something to your heart i don't know what it is about these animals but oh my gosh they do so much for me and it's just their silly little antics all they have to do is be themselves and they seem to just bring something to the table you know
1: yeah uh <laughs> pigeons are a lot more calm and collected than parakeets absolutely oh, you. right here She's literally sitting on my arms on the verge of, like, falling asleep because I'm just holding her and petting her, posing no threat. She recognizes that I'm friendly.
0: That is awesome. Your mom sent me a picture. It wasn't too long after you guys had Starflight. Talon, I think you had a cold or the flu or something your mom came home and uh, Starflight was sitting on the couch taking care of you and you're crashed out. It was so cute. Oh my gosh. So they can really sense when you're not feeling good too.
2: They're really actually pretty intuitive. And that, that photo, he had been sick and the pigeon had just laid down. I think it was Starflight had just laid down on him and just sat with him and sat with him for hours. This was not, you know, a quick five minute thing. It, she, she just sat there and stayed with him. And I really think that she knew that he wasn't feeling well. And all of them are like that. If he falls asleep, they'll just lay there with him. And they're just as happy cuddled up with him as anything. That is amazing.
0: I am so happy I met you guys. And I'm so happy you're able to give my pigeon such a good home. I, I was do. so, I, I was so worried that someone would get her and lie or not give her a good home, or not take care of her or something, and I couldn't have expected anything better than where she went. So thank you so much, and thank you for being on the show. Like I said, this is going to be a start that I'm going to call Voice of the Pigeon" series, and we're going to do a little bit of advocating for pigeons and birds like this for people that can't have parrots or that parrots aren't a good fit. So oh, look at fun. her. Look at that bird. Oh, my gosh. She is so cute.
1: I think she likes <laughs> me. I think she does, too. I am not constraining her by any means.
0: No, she is just cuddled. Yeah, she's cuddled up in in your hands. That is so cute, man. Yeah, they kind of fold up. I love my favorite thing that they do is when they just sit down, chill, and they do what we call loaf. And it looks like they're a little loaf of bread. And everyone goes, oh, look, they're doing loaf. And they'll post pictures online of their pigeon just looking like a little round loaf. It's so cute.
2: And that's what they do, too. It's it's really cute. And thank you so much for having us, too. And for anybody who's thinking of getting a bird in general, you know, if you're living in an apartment or you have small children or there's so many different situations, these guys are excellent for stuff like that. And especially apartment living, they're quiet
1: and they're companions. Most apartment clauses include not allowing parrots or cockatiels, but one they always forget to leave out is pigeons because they're a very uncommon pet.
0: Another nice thing about them that you can't expect out of a, a parrot. Parrots are very destructive animals. They will destroy things that you can't even imagine they will destroy. But pigeons just don't do that. They don't have the need to chew and the need to destruct things. So your yeah, furniture is safe.
2: <laughs> yeah, the worst thing they've ever done, I think, is just poop. But that's, or eat something you down. Know, or you know, eat something not, or not organic. But they, other than that, they do not destroy things.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I was really impressed. Like you had mentioned when you see them out, the feral pigeons out there, and people always think they're really messy. Well, those pigeons are scrapping for food, and they're eating a lot of garbage and stuff. So it, it affects their their intestinal tracts and all that. Where if you're feeding a pigeon healthy food and a seed diet and food that's good for them, veggies and stuff, they don't have that messiness factor. It's a nice little package. They drop a bomb, and it's really easy to clean up. It's not that grossness that you see out like on the streets and stuff. So,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the white in their poop for street pigeons is actually excess acid from their stomach that wasn't able to be used up because a lot of street pigeons actually have really poor nutrients and diets.
0: They're eating whatever they can find to stay alive. So,
1: And they can survive off of basically nothing. They're incredibly hardy animals in the wild, and that's the main reason they've been able to spread everywhere.
0: Wow. You have really done your research. So I think we're going to call this a wrap for now, but uh, would you want to be on the show again in the future sometime? Sure. Awesome. Well, let's call this a wrap. And thank you so much. Tune in next time when we will be talking about something fabulous. I don't know what, but yeah, let's have you guys on again. Thank you so much. Tune in (laughs) next time.
1: There's always going to be something else.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh my gosh. How much fun was this episode today? Wasn't that amazing? I hope anyone and everyone that listens to this had a lot of fun and learned a few things. I know that pigeons don't always have the best reputations, and the thing is, most people don't know anything about them. They just have this reputation that gets spread word of mouth, but nobody really researches anything, and I can't stress enough how amazing pigeons are as a pet and how sweet-natured they are, and they do have their own personalities. They love to sit on your, your lap and cuddle once they've bonded with you, and they trust you, and they are absolutely an amazing alternate choice for maybe anyone who wants to have a pet bird, but something like a parrot just isn't in the mix for you, especially with things in the direction of noise, biting, and tearing up woodwork and chewing things up and the destruction that parrot species tend to engage in and that's for me it's part of the charm but i have little tiny ones so they're not as destructive as the really big parrots but i really love the fact that pigeons are kind of a good for everyone kind of a bird they come in all different shapes sizes and breeds yes since they are a domesticated animal they have breeds and That's a term that gets tossed around a lot. It gets used incorrectly with the bird industry or the bird hobby groups. People say, what breed of bird do you have? They aren't breeds. They are species. Breeds refer to domesticated animals and variations within a species of a domesticated animal. So it gets really interesting I'm going to sort all that out in a future episode, I promise. I got to find the right science guy, though. I got to find the right science guy. I know he's out there somewhere. I'm going to find him. Anyway, back to pigeons. This was so much fun today. Thank you again, Talon, Kendra, and Lucy the pigeon. Let's do. A promotion in their honor. What do you think? I've mentioned that I got the Etsy shop open. I had some products there. Guess what? I'm finally figuring out my graphic presentation, my mock ups, my photographs. I'm starting to get them looking like an Etsy shop. Woohoo! This is fun. Let's do an Etsy shop promotion. By the time this hits everybody's eardrums on Labor Day, I'm going to have a very special pigeon shirt in honor of today's episode and today's guests. And if you head over to etsy.com slash shop slash parrot, or just go to voiceoftheparrot.com over on the products page, I've got a link directly to the Etsy shop. Plus down in the show notes in the description and all that good stuff, I am going to have a link, and it's going to have a promo code. If you just go over there, you can type in promo code Pigeon, P-I-G-E-O-N, Pigeon, and that is going to give you 15% off of your purchase. All purchases support the podcast, and guess what? That 15% is going to be at no minimum order placed. All orders over $35 automatically get free shipping, So go check it out, see if there's anything you can't live without, and keep checking back because I am going to be adding stuff regularly now that I know what I'm doing a little bit more. I'm very excited to be offering some of the amazing stuff that I am and the designs that I have come up with for you guys. The reason I'm kind of pushing this is because I want this podcast to ultimately be self-sustaining, self-supporting, and I really don't want to run ads on this podcast. I love to be able to sit and listen to my favorite podcast and hear whatever it is the host is presenting and have fun listening without a bunch of advertisements going on in order for that podcast to be self-supporting. It may not be in the millions of dollars by any stretch of the imagination, but there are costs attached and there's a lot of time that goes into it. So The more I can get this to pay for itself through things like the Etsy shop and the buy me a coffee link and hey, even the YouTube channel. The more subscribers I get, the more chances I have for getting in on those paid advertisements. They're going to run it on the YouTube channel anyway. I can't do anything about that. But as soon as I hit 500 subscribers and I've had enough people watching my videos then I get a slice of that pie and it all goes to help support the podcast. Yay, it's very exciting. I've been ramping up on some new subscribers too and that's been really exciting for me to see. I get super jazzed every time I see a, a little notification. So-and-so just subscribe to your channel. Woohoo! All right. And I've been getting a lot more visibility. The more subscribers I get, the more I can get all of you to hit like and maybe leave a friendly comment The more I get put in front of other people with similar interests, I get more subscribers, I hit my numbers, and then here again, it goes back to having that ad-free podcast. I don't want to run ads here, so help me out. Give me a subscribe to that YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, it's just all part of the whole Voice of the Parrot brand I'm trying to create here. Also over on the YouTube channel, I put every episode out there as a little Audiogram. So it's got kind of a little waveform that moves around to the noise, but every episode of the podcast is there too. So good place to go listen in if that is your preference. All right. Oh, yep. Okay. We're getting to the point we got to wrap up here. It's time for shout outs. Let's give a shout out, of course, to Talon and Kendra and Lucy the Pigeon. Thank you so much for being my first guests. Thank you so much for being my very first guests on the podcast on this wonderful Labor Day weekend. It meant the world to me, and I can't wait to have you on again. Woohoo! Thank you, guys. Next, let's give a shout-out to Apple Technology Tech Support for finally helping me get published in Apple Podcasts. I am so happy to be there. Yay! For Apple. Okay, next, while we're on the topic of the podcast, I have got some new listeners in Australia, the UK, and Germany. I think Germany is my friend Daniel, possibly. I'm not sure. Is that you, Daniel? If it is, hello! And then last but not least, new subscribers on the YouTube channel. My friend Freebird subscribed recently. Thanks, Freebird. And then we've also got Mary who joined the fun and Fireboy. So thank you so much for joining the fun. It's great to have those little subscriber notifications and it's a little bit of a thrill for me every time it means I'm doing something right because people are coming back. Yay! And what does that do for you? It gets me jazzed up to put out more awesome material and it's a great fun hangout, right? It's a happy place to be I hope. Okay. Next time, we will talk about something fantastic, I guess. I'm not sure. Uh, Actually, I do know what we're going to talk about next. All right. Thus concludes another amazing and fun, wonderful episode of Voice of the Parrot or Voice of the Pigeon, if you will. And we'll catch you next week, everyone. Have a good one and a safe holiday. Bye-bye.